Sunwear is one of the most important things in eye care. It protects us against cataracts. It's a fashion statement. It's cool. We can people watch. And for a long time, clip-ons used to be, let's be honest, one of the lamest things ever until a company called Inavision, also you probably know them as Chemistry Clips, came around. They're based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And they made this really cool piece of eyewear with two little round magnets in it, smaller than a grain of rice. And all of a sudden, the clip industry took off. You know, historically, there was three companies who really dominated the clip industry. One of them even had a little stint in an argument with Vision Service Plan. But today, it's all about clip technology. We're going to be talking about a new colorblind lens technology as well that utilizes the clip and we're talking about American-made frame production right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And without further ado, I want to welcome the CEO of Inovision, Joe Zui. Welcome to Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. I'm Dr. Raymond Brill with my co-host, Perry Brill, and we're here to bring you stories about Wizards of Eyes. Yes, what is a wizard, Dr. Brill? Well, these are folks that you may have heard about, may not have heard about. These are people who are actually very successful in doing what they do in all aspects of eye care. We're not talking to self-proclaimed industry geniuses, experts, masters, or gurus, because we're talking to wizards of eyes that make it happen each and every day. They are out there working every day in the labs, on the road, in the practices, in surgery suites, making lenses, making frames. Yes, we want to hear these back-of-the-house stories about innovation, entrepreneurship, and make you feel excited to do what you do. We want you to be energized about the whole eye care field. And this is not your big optical program. This is done out of the passion of our hearts. Please go ahead and subscribe to iTrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite app. Also, visit iTrepreneur.com where you'll find our latest blogs and special video content. That's www.e-y-e-t-r-e-p-r-e-n-e-u-r.com. Welcome. Hey, Perry. How are you? I'm fabulous. I am looking outside out my window and the trees finally sprouted in Vermont on April 13th. Like, what is going on? It's way too late for that. Yeah, it's same here. It's just spring is starting to kick in. So, Joe, I've been an admirer of the Inovision brand for a long time. My dad's practice, we've probably had it since 2008 when you guys kind of got live. Right. And we have hundreds and hundreds of patients in them at my dad's practice brill eye center like avid raving fans of these clips and they lose one and they'll fork over 160 bucks like it's candy because they just they need it they have to live with it right people love the product they do joe you are a cpa by trade you were not born into optical family or optometry like most people what's your historical background out of college i worked for a cpa firm for firm called Arthur Anderson, which is at that time was the biggest accounting firm in the world. And I had two stints there. I worked there for about six years doing accounting and audit work. And I, I left, went to work for a client, then eventually went back and did some consulting work for about six years. 
And then around 2001, 2002, I went to work for one of my clients to be a CFO. And I did that for, for several years and joined Univision in 2010. Joe, so you weren't pen and paper back in the day creating chemistry clips. Uh, there was actually another gentleman named Dennis Zielazowski right. who invented it. So what, what's his background and you know, how did you guys meet and right. bring this to life? So Dennis had invented the chemistry clip and he was looking to launch a company and he had brought a person on board who was running the business at that time with him, who I knew. And, you know, he approached me and a couple of other people and we invested in the business and that's how we became involved in about 2008. And then I joined the company full-time in 2010 to help run it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I've actually looked up some of the, the patents and the sketches and they're all online. Right. If you do a quick Google, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Right. Yeah. And, and then Dennis did, did a lot of work around you know, the invention and, and helped create the concept for, for chemistry. And, you know, that was, like I said, around 2008, 2010. And, and that's when, when I joined the business. Okay. Is there any significance around the word chemistry with an IE at the end? There is. One of the other people who was involved in the early stages named Albert uh, Chucksaw, who um, is still a good friend and still inv involved with the business. He had worked with an outside marketing firm who came up with the, the branding chemistry. And, you know, it has to do with the whole concept around frame with a clip working together as good chemistry. And you know, at first I was I wasn't that sure if I really was that crazy about the, the name chemistry, but it really grew on us. It was actually already established, but at the point I'd gotten involved. But you know, people talk about their clip, they refer to them as their set of chemistries and it really the name is is done as well and it's really we built a strong brand around that and it really worked out as planned all right well i want to talk higher level joe just as as an industry with a lot of doom and gloom out there and that's kind of why then we have the need for differentiated products and we have to sell things that are not insurance based to really make a profit so where does where does inovision come into that well, I'm not a, a doom and gloom kind of person. I think that you know people have to be passionate about what they're doing. And one of the things that that we really try to focus on and emphasize is we're trying to create products that can help independent ECPs be successful. And you know our success depends upon their success. And so we try to create things that are differentiators that maybe they can provide their their patients that you know one of the big box stores or one of the the large chains can't do. You know I've always been a believer that the independents really need to be focused on what they're passionate about and find that niche and really create an environment where, 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 the, where their customers feel good about their purchase and, and the experience that they have there. And I think that you know, you're seeing that evolution with independence where they're becoming, it's still kind of a medical environment, but it's a little bit less medical, a little bit more of, a, of an improved experience and really trying to focus on the products they provide too, so they can differentiate themselves in terms of you know, their products and their services and, and, and just try to create, like I said, a better experience. Okay. Now let's get right into the technical part of chemistry. We're going to kind of define it, even though it's a very hands-on product. Can you walk us through the parts? So we have magnets, we have a bridge, and we have this like really flexible lens. Yeah. So basically, you know, we have, we, we, we have like, like you said, very flexible lens. It's, it's base curve match to fit the, the, the curvature of, of your, of your prescription lens as a titanium bridge and it has two magnets and it's shaped to fit perfectly over your frame. And so we have it as sun lenses. And then we also have it as plus powered lenses and also computer lenses that have a blue AR coating to help deflect some of the blue light. And then these are also powered so that if you're, if you're presby open, you need some intermediate boost, you can, you can pop these on and, 
you know, to me, this is, this is my favorite product because I'm on the computer a lot and I can put a plus one and a quarter on, which is my perfect intermediate distance. It works out great. Now, how do those polarized clip-ons are so flimsy for lack of better words. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to destroy that lens. How do you get a polarization in there so tightly? It's a layered lens. It's, it's made out of a material called triacetate that, that comes in sheets. There's a polarization film that's built into it. They're very flexible. They're very thin. They're super lightweight and they hold up extremely well. A lot of really positive things with this material. You know, we make a, a groove magnet that actually snaps into place in, in, into the lens. Like I said, these, these triacetate lenses are perfect for our clips. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're super durable. I mean, it's, right. it's tough to scratch and, and stuff like that. Now, let's talk about the stigma of clips, because I know there's a lot of doctors and opticians listening right now, and they're thinking, my patients don't like clips. They're Hollywood, they're Houston, they're all-stars, actors, but it's far from the truth. If you look at any luxury brand today of eyewear, not the Luxoticas and Sapphalos, but true, you know, independent luxury, they all have a, a fitted clip. Right. So how do we get over the stigma of selling clips? Sometimes I think the stigma is more with certain opticians, which is a, a small percentage. Uh, but I remember the first time I went to a vision expo and I was, was in the, the Anavision booth and, and the number of people, I'd never put magnets in my lenses. And that was when we were first you know, starting out. But gradually over time, when people started seeing how successful ECPs were with the chemistry clip, people realized, hey, this is a product I need to have. And you know, some of our biggest customers are, the, are those higher end shops who, you know, their customer base like the fact that it's custom made. They like to be able to pick, you know, we have 24 different lens colors. They really like that. And, and they like the fact that it's on demand. And then there's a lot of people that are very much, you know, they're practical and they've been wearing glasses their whole life. They don't want to pay for a, a pair of prescription sunglasses and, this, and having a clip that's just a, it's a great, it, it's a great functional um, necessity for them that really meets their need. And, and they, you know, they don't really notice the magnets. Once you wear you know, the magnets and the lenses, it's really not something that you notice. If you wear a three-piece frame, the, the chassis and the three-piece protrudes further into the field of vision than, than what our magnets do. So, Right. Yeah. Um, for, for people that think they can see the magnet in the side, I just put that example frame on them. Can you right. see it? And I guess if you look really hard, it, you can, but it's not something that you, you would typically notice. Yeah. The chemistry clips has really a broad variety. So you have gradient polarization, right? You have solid polarization, right. and then you also have polarized mirrors, right? Yeah. So we have eight of each. We have eight different solids. We have eight different mirrors and eight different gradients. So you know, with with the twenty four, I mean, you people can find something they like within that listing of of uh, lenses, right? And within the clip collection of the modularity of it, you can actually customize the the magnets and the bridge color to match the frame, right? Right. So we have three different, we have three different magnet colors. We have gunmetal, which is the most popular. We have silver and we have gold. And then it, with the bridges, we have five different bridge colors as well. And so the bridges come in different sizes too, so that they can, you know, fit the bridge size of your frame. Everything, like I said, it's, it's a custom made product. So it fits perfectly over your frame. Okay. So there's a lot of ways to purchase chemistry clips. You have a really interesting business model where you really empower everyone in the industry. You can make them in-house on your edger, whether you have a Santinelli, an Optronics, a Brio. What other edgers do you work with? Coburn, MEI, pretty much any edger that has programmable, you know, has software that you can set the drill depth. We can make it work. The Essilor Instruments, Mr. Blue, the Pro-E, they also make the clips. 
Yeah, you guys have excellent training. Um, you flew out multiple times to our office and spend a day there, get a few frames, make them on the spot. It's it's a good experience. And what I love about making chemistry in-house is number one, you lower your cost of goods. Number two, you empower your opticians to be more of a, a crafts person rather than an order taker. You can do some crazy stuff once you start thinking really creatively about it. So you have a lab model too, where labs adopt your system too? Yeah, the bulk of our, our, our clips are sold through through the wholesale labs that, that carry our product. We have over 100 labs around the country that make the clip and they, they stock all the parts and, and fulfill the orders and they do a great job. So how do you actually make sure the, the lens matches up direct, exactly to the shape of the frame? It's done through the software and the Azure. You know, when you trace the frame, it automatically copies that trace over to the pattern for the, for the clip and it upsizes or downsizes it depending upon the type of lens. So it's all done you know, it, within the software. And if you need to make any kind of minor adjustment because of the uh, unique thing with the frame shape or whatever, you can do that within the software. Azure operators tend to be pretty good at understanding how to cut lenses and, and dealing with issues that might arise due to the, you know, a specific circumstance with a frame. Okay, let's get a little technical here. These magnets are extremely magnetic. The pull of them is just insane. So much so if you're wearing like a Lindbergh or a silhouette, you have to brace your frame and then pull the magnet off because it'll pull the whole frame off. Yeah, they're, they're, they're strong magnets and, they, and they, they keep their magnetism for, for a long time too. So it's not an issue you know, after a couple of years or whatever, it's still a super strong magnet. That's, that's not an issue. They're, they're very strong. Okay, and the magnets are... Are they glued into the lens? You mentioned some type of notching. They're glued into the prescription lens. The edger drills into the RX lens partially through with the attachment lens, with the sun lens, they're actually snapped into place. The magnets are actually grooved. For the reader lenses, typically they're, they're actually a little dab of glue to glue them in to hold them in place. Okay. While we're on the topic of readers, let's talk about progressive non-adapts. You know, generally when we have a progressive non-adapt, we either, we can put them in a bifocal, which most people don't want or try vocal because you know you're you're gonna look you're gonna look your age with those. You could have two pairs of glasses, which is inconvenient, especially for a male because we don't have a. Most of us are not carrying a man bag around. I do, but because I have a laptop everywhere I go. So how can we utilize? Explain it again. What a plus reader clip is and how we can utilize it in certain situations. So we have reader clips. We have two different varieties. Basically, the the same product, but with different AR coatings on them. We have one that has a basic, like a green AR, that is a standard reader that comes from. We make it in plus fifty through plus two fifty, and that's our original. It's called a Chemistry Plus that we sell. And we also have a Chemistry Blue, which is designed as a blue AR. It works a little bit better when you're on the computer if you want to reduce the the glare off the computer screen. But the beautiful thing, if you're a non-adapt, you need it for reading. It's perfect, but even a better solution is for intermediate distance. If you're on a computer, typically it's a little bit further away than if you're reading something. You can reduce the power a little bit over what is in the you know, bottom half of your progressive and actually have an intermediate power looking straight out at the computer screen. And it's a, it's, to me, this is, this is our best product. I, I wear these all day long when I'm on the computer and trying to tilt your head and find that area of, of the progressive, the intermediate zone is very difficult and it's very narrow typically. So this really helps a lot. It's, to me, this is this is the a great product to have. Right, and I think people like the plus clips because right. you're also staring at your computer. You're not trying to make a fashion statement. You're just trying to get your work done. Functional, exactly. Yeah. What about weight? Do the clips have any weight to them that really would 
you know, leave marks on the nose or uncomfortable? No, they're very light. I mean, one of the great things is, you know, they're rimless, so you don't have the the weight of of the the wire on them. And, you know, we designed all the parts to be as lightweight as possible. We use, like I said, a titanium bridge and and the lenses are super light as well. So, yeah, that's not an issue. Even with our readers, you get up to, you know, plus 250, it's a little bit thicker. It's still, it's still very light, light lens. Okay. So for people that listening that want to get into the clip, clip game, it's not as cool as the shoe game, but it, it could be cool. <laughs> we're not, we're not selling $600 Nikes here. How do they get started with just normal chemistry sun with you? Chances are the lab that they deal with, if they're dealing with one of the wholesale labs, probably carries it, or they can contact us. Certainly great place to start is, is with Inovision, info at Inovision.com or our phone number, which is 888-321-3939. And whoever answers the phone can help you. We take a lot of pride in our customer service and you know, somebody picks up the phone and whoever picks up the phone, chances are nine times out of 10, they'll be able to help you. Yeah. Who, uh, who answers the phone always that I talk to? Uh, gentleman. Tom. Tom. Yes. Yeah, Tom. Tom. <laughs> I've He's talked to Tom ball. so many times. Tom yeah. usually collects my money. Yes. <laughs> Not because I'm late, because I just, we order too many. Yeah. No, you have a new display. You had this antiquated display before. It was like the leaning tower of lenses. Right. Show us your new one. It's clean. It's small. Yeah, so we came up with a, a new display we've been working on actually for some time. Much more compact. There's a little drawer in the front so that those adjustment tools that, that come with the display, you can store those in there. It holds two frames, has a has a, a demo frame on, on the top and also on the side. There's a little area in the back to hold the crystal wheel that shows the crystals. And then we also have the, the lens wands. And nice. so the big long ones, these are these are more compact, but they still we have three lens wands. Each one holds eight lenses. Can we see the other side? On the uh, the back is where the, the wands are stored. Okay. And then the uh, has a little little advertisement on the side and a photograph yeah. on, on this side. That's really perfect for the front desk. Just very perfect or on a longer dispensing table. Yeah. So we just came out with this. We're still offering the tower, although we may, we may at some point phase that out. And like I said, we've got this more compact one. And, and the feedback we always get from the ECPs is they want something as compact as possible. And this certainly is a step in that direction. Right. I love it. All right. Let's move on to your next product. So we took the original clip, right. which I, I myself have like, three or four of them. And now you're into working with colorblindness. So I've sold another colorblind product before. And so what 8% of American males are colorblind. Exactly. Is it a half a percent of female? Yes. It's a, it's a much lower number. It's because it's genetic. Right. Right. The way I understand colorblindness is certain colors like Brown could appear green or blues could appear purple and it disrupts your life in ways. And I've heard all these anecdotes because just through selling colorblind lenses is getting going shopping for a dress shirt. It's, it's difficult, you know, buying a car when you're a child and you're in art class at eight years old, you're trying to pick a crown out right. and it's just not the color you think. And then the teacher thinks you're stupid and you're thinking, no, I'm colorblind. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's an issue. You know, differentiating, especially finer shades of color, is is, is an issue. I've always thought that you know, the the clip is a, is a perfect solution for that because it's on demand. You know, typically there's some tinting with these, so works a little bit better as an outdoor lens. Although we also have an indoor lens that can be used as well that has a little bit of a higher transmission rate on it. But so we came out with what we call the chemistry color lens. We offer it in three different varieties. We offer it as a chemistry clip. And then we also offer it as a, as a ready-made, like a pair of sunglasses. And then we also offer the lenses as uncuts. 
so that the you know the labs and the and the ECPs that have finishing capability can edge it and insert it into any frame on their board, or they can make a clip you know in house as well. Yeah, I really like the idea of making a colorblind lens into a chemistry style right. because most a lot of people don't want to wear any type of shaded lens throughout the day. Right. Whether it's a you know some type of blue blue light lens or, or not, just no one wants to have that shade. We want it on demand, like you said. Right. So can we let's first define what we're doing with these lenses. You know, we're not correcting it. We can't fix the rods and cones. There's right. no surgery. Is it an enhancement or what terminology do you give it? Terminology we typically use is you know, they're they're notch filters, which which means they've got a very specific wavelength that they that they block when you look at the transmission rate for, for the for the frame or for the lenses. And what they do by blocking certain portions of the of the spectrum, you can create better differentiation, especially in the areas of the of the, of the spectrum where somebody who's colorblind, where their color cones overlap in terms of their their activ- activization. So you get most males are who have color blindness. It's red, green, or green, red, and it has to do with with the shifting of of one of those color cones. So what we try to do is create a filter that helps take away some of that overlap and allow them to better differentiate shades of color. So basically the lenses kind of create a, a color gamut that gets transmitted to their brain that's more similar to what somebody who has normal vision would be able to see. So it doesn't, it doesn't cure color blindness. In most cases, it doesn't even create an identical ability to see the identical colors that somebody's not colorblind, but it does allow them to differentiate different shades and see things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to see. They're really remarkable. And the, and the technology behind these is very precise. We worked with a company by the name of Hue AI we license the technology from who where are they located they're in a suburb of dc they're uh, in virginia they do a lot of research around lens technology and lens shades and then around the to be able to produce the dyes that can actually create what they design and so we worked with them for a couple of years on on this and uh like i said it's, it's perfect as a uh, as a clip-on and the ready-mades are, are great as well i mean they look like sunglasses and but they, they work amazing Okay, so like it's a, it looks like a gray lens or a brown lens. What kind of colors do you see? So we have two different outdoor lenses. We have a, an outdoor moderate and an outdoor severe. The moderate has a little bit higher transmission rate. It's not quite as aggressive in terms of the, the notch filters are not quite as wide, especially the primary one. The severe one looks a little bit more greener, has almost like a G15 tint. And the moderate is a little bit more redder. It's not real red like first generation colorblind lenses were, but it has a little bit more reddish tint to it than, than, the, uh, the, than the severe does. Okay. Now, does this work better in your experience for, for dutans or protans or, or both? It can work for both. Yeah, there's more dutans other than protans, but it, it's designed to be able to work, work with both. Okay. Now, when, when the patient tries this on, usually what happens is you can't expect a emotional crying experience. I must say th- those videos on YouTube from other people, they are real. But those are the one in a hundred, one in five hundred, or whatever they are. Right. And it really does take that right emotional character to bring that out. Right. Yeah. We we've had we've had those kind of reactions, and you know we've actually had some you know people take cell phone video of that, and we're still trying to sort through how we want to market this. If we want to make that the cornerstone of our marketing, that type of reaction that can turn people off a little bit too, because you don't get that reaction from every, everybody who tries them on. Most people don't react that way. Most people it's more subdued, but they do see a huge improvement. They're very excited about it. There's some people that maybe, you know, they have a, a colorblind condition where they've got a complete lack of activation, activization of one of their color cones that they, 
that the glasses don't help them at all. So we're sensitive to that. And like I said, we don't want to oversell the product, but it does work. And it, it is, you know, we do get a, a very strong reaction to it. But like I said, you don't always have people, you know, start crying or yeah. you know, overboard. Do you recommend, you know, like a one week trial trying out period, or is it kind of an instant thing? People recognize whether it works or not. It varies. Usually they, they can see some indication of it working can take up to two weeks to, to really get the full effect too. It, it just, it varies by person. We try to provide, you know, we have, we also have a POP for the, for the colorblind products specific, specifically for chemistry color. And we have samples of each of the lenses with that as ready-made so they can try on and, and actually see. And, and we recommend that they look at something outdoors and really get, get something with natural light to really see how, how the, how the product works for them. Yeah. Generally what happens is every colorblind person takes an Ishihara test. Right. Generally online. And then the first thing they want to do when they put any type of colorblind lens on, they want to look at the Ishihara and see if they can see the, the, the number. Well, the Ishihara is a, is a pass-fail test for really employment purposes, military, railroad. There's no benefit of passing it otherwise. Right. And they, and they, and they want to use the most difficult extreme colors to really to screen for it. We, we found that you know, it's easier to demonstrate improvement using the Farnsworth test rearranging the colors than it is with the Ishara play test. Plus you're, you're not typically in natural light when you're using the Ishara test. So, you know, we, we like I said, we've seen, we've seen improvement when people work with the Farnsworth test or, or like I said, just go out in natural light and, and look at colorful things in nature. And that's usually where you see the, the biggest improvement. We're going to do a quick advertisement here. And this is going to go over one of my passions in life and that is cutting cost of goods in private optometry practices. Most times, doctors and opticians spend way too much money on lab bills. We associate the higher cost of a progressive lens with better quality of lens, and that's just so not true. Many of these big brands have tricked us with discounts, with buying groups and alliance groups. You know, they say, hey, you join this alliance group and we'll give you 40% off the list price, which is just complete bogus. They have marked their prices up on their lab bills only to give you a discount. If you are looking for transparency in lab pricing, good quality lenses at a fair price, I would love to teach you about that. I have placed a link in the show notes of this podcast where you can fill out a form and I will hook you up with an independent lab that will be fair to you, give you great lenses, fast shipping times, and fair prices, and also educate your staff. You do not need the biggest brand lenses and the biggest labs to succeed. Make sure you're doing what's best for your practice and what's best for your patients, and cut your cost of goods and make a better profit. Go to the show notes, click that link to fill out the form about lab pricing, and I'll hook you up with a lab that is awesome for you. Generally, people come on the cloudiest day of the year, coldest day of the year. But right. yeah, you really do need to be around trees, flowers. If, flowers you don't have that, if you don't have that environment, you can mimic it in the office with some fake stuff. But Joe, American-made frames. Right. You guys are bringing them to, to Pittsburgh. What's Pittsburgh known for in, in terms of manufacturing in the past? Well, historically, it's been a steel city. Okay. There's less and less steel now. Healthcare is big here. Actually, robotics are big. There's still some, some metals, specialty metals here but you know pittsburgh has kind of become 
more broad based in terms of its manufacturing based not as much focused on steel like it used to be but manufacturing is still still a big part of the city okay so you had some wild dream and you said i'm gonna start making some frames here or what happened we've been looking at this for a long time like five six years maybe even longer than that we were looking at ways to try to expand the business and Probably the most natural would have been do more with, uh, you know, we have a, we have a finishing lab here, but maybe do more into servicing or whatever. But, you know, we, we do a lot with other labs and that's a, that's a, a very more crowded market here in the U S. And so we looked at frame manufacturing. I'd go to the, the, you know, the trade shows in Hong Kong and, and in Europe and, and see the equipment. When we started selling frames, I'd go to frame factories and start seeing how they make frames and just gradually learn more and more about it. And you know, those observations grew into discussions with people that manufacture the frame equipment. And, and then just gradually over time, we, we looked at it, we kept running into roadblocks. It's not an easy thing to acquire this equipment and to put together the package. And so a few times we actually kind of backed away from it, but then we kept coming back to it. And then we finally put together what we thought was the right package for us that could work. And then you know, we started receiving the equipment and the pandemic hit. And all the training plans and all the things that we had lined up kind of had to get put on hold a little bit. But we continued on and we had a couple of employees dedicated to working with it that are, are doing a tremendous job. And, and now that you know things are starting to open up a little bit and we've been working with a, with a designer on creating a collection, we're ready to, to move forward. And, and you know, we're, we're staffing up and, and doing things to grow the business. And we'll probably launch something here uh, over the summer and we'll have our big coming out party at Vision Expo West. Awesome. Can we, def I want to define, you know, what is American made eyewear? So just to begin, there's no acetate made in America, right? Right. Okay. American eyewear is, so it's made out of imported parts. So we're buying the, the, the acetate from either China, Italy, or where do you guys, what country are you sourcing from? Right now we're sourcing our acetate from Italy and our hinges for Germany. Okay. Is that OBE or? Yeah, it's OBE. So yeah. I think that's important for people to realize like, you know, we have to buy the, the raw goods from somewhere. Right. And, I, don't, and I'm not sure where, like, you know, for all I know, Mazzucchelli could be buying some of their chemicals from other countries, an American company or whatever, and right. whatever. But we're the, a blended, blended manufacturing culture in the world. Right. And the, and the way I look at it, too, I mean, you look at the, the with the cost to go into the transformation of that product, the, the bulk of the cost and the effort is, is happening in the United States. I mean, it's. You know, the raw materials are the cost is significant, but the overall cost of a frame is 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 the is the effort. It's all the the time and the the cost of the equipment to actually transform that acetate and those hinges into a finished frame. Even distribution is, right. is costly. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. get, getting the word right. out. And believe me, I mean, there's it takes a lot of equipment to make a frame in terms of you know all the CNC machines that we have and the tumblers and and all the different things to polish the frame and. You mentioned CNC, so there's probably a lot of people on here who also want to make frames. Is there CNC machines made specifically for frames, or are these just industrial equipments that we can modify or program to be frame cutting? There's both. There, there are companies that make frame that make CNC equipment specifically for the eyewear industry, and that's what they're they're dedicated to. There's other larger CNC companies that make machines that they adapt to be able to make eyewear. Okay. Give us like the five or 10 step process, what it takes to make eyewear. And then we'll get in more detail about what, what American made is. You import all the parts. You got your acetate, you got some metal parts, uh, maybe some nose pads. Now what? We have to work with it with a designer to actually create the designs in a software format that can then be translated into 
the software that the machine can read that you schedule the tools to be, be able to make all the cuts on the acetate. So you know, we work with an outside designer. We're actually working with a gentleman by the name of uh, Odin Capello, who's based in, in Canada, who's been working with us on the designs. And then we also have a person in-house who has an architectural background, Chris Wimborough, who is working on the designs. And then we have a, another person, Dean Buzos, who's running the factory, who is learn the equipment inside and out. And so you need that, you need the designs, you need those skills to be able to be, they can be cut by the CNC machines. And so you have, we have a couple of different CNC machines. We have one that we use primarily for prototyping and to make specialty parts that are used in the process of making the frames. We have a second CNC machine that cuts the, the frame fronts. And then we have another one that cuts the temples and shoots the core wire into the temple. So that's the, the CNC side of the business. But even before you CNC those those pieces, you've got to cut the acetate into sheets and you've got to build up certain pieces of, of it for the, the bridge and for the, the temples. And there's a lot of work up front. Uh, you have to plane it to get it the right thickness. Uh, but once you've done all that, you cut the parts. They go through a tumbling process and hinge insertion and polishing, laser engraving. There's other processes, you know, in terms of cutting the right angles on the temples, all those different things that go into to finishing off a, a frame. So it's a, it's a it, it's a long, complicated process, but it's a very repetitive process. And if you have good people that can master those techniques, then you know it can be done. What do you tumble your frames in for a good polish? It's different materials for each stage. It goes through four different stages. There's different polishes, and and there's these pegs that are primarily wood, and there's also some some nylon pieces too. But each stage is a different is a different grit of polish, a different amount of time. And then we go through various polishing stages too to try to you know bring out the luster. But they come out of the barrels pretty pretty shiny. Right, right. Once they come out of the barrels, you have to do some handwork on them as well. You do. I mean, the, one of the most difficult things is getting that connection to work perfect between you know where the temple adjoins the, the frame front. We, you know, we've done a lot of work in terms of you know those angles, and it's one of the things having somebody on staff who has that architectural background in terms of you know the measurements and the angles and, and the design who's he's been putting a lot of effort into, into, you know, making sure that we've got a system so that we introduce new designs. We, we, we've got all those angles figured out and we can, we can do it very efficiently. Yeah. I always tell anybody, if you want to know what a good acetate frame is, just simply close that temple up, run your finger across that. And if, if it feels smooth as butter, you probably have a decent frame. If you feel any type of lip or bump, it just was made cheaply. Right. Exactly. Yeah. USA, you have a, you mentioned you have a brand called North Point Optical. Was that it? Yeah. So we, you know, we work with an outside branding agency and that's what we're going to be launching will be the, our house brand for the frames. And then we're also, I mean, we'll work with other ECPs or small independent chains to create private label brands as well. You know, we've got a lot of flexibility. You know, one of the most amazing pieces of equipment that we have is a, this laser engraving system that we bought that has a lot of flexibility in terms of how we can label the, fl- the frames and do different designs with it. It really creates a lot of flexibility for us. I'm a huge fan of whether you want to call it OEM or private label. I think you guys are really doing more OEM. It sounds like if you're trying to make small collections for people. Right. I have some consulting clients now and I'm, I'm telling them like, look guys, you can't be making 3x margins on eyewear and be taking vision plans. You have a few ways to make money. You can run volume opticals and practices, or you can lower your cost of goods. I'd rather lower my cost of goods and see less people, personally. And also, I mean, I think a lot of it is too, is the increasing importance of the brand and the ECP kind of becoming the brand. And to the extent that they can provide products 
that they feel very close to, they're passionate about, maybe represent what they're all about, which we can work with them on. I think it's a great differentiator. You know, it also ties in with, you know, buying local and a lot of the consumer trends out there. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that still, they believe they want that, that name brand, but there's an increasing amount of people that are just looking for something that's unique, something that has a unique story behind it. And that's really what we can provide with what we're doing. Yeah. And people don't know what exists out there as far as eyewear brands go. So they come in saying, I want a, a Ray-Ban wafer. Right. What they're really just saying is I want a chunky frame. There's plenty of chunky on the market. That's high quality right? at a good price. And, and, and there are, I mean, there, there's some brands out there that really have a lot of brand equity, but there's so many licenses out there that you see that's like, you know, who really cares about whatever, you know, that it's not like somebody's dying to wear that on their frame, but there's also a lot of people that want to have, like I said, they want to have something unique that has a story behind it that not everybody else is wearing. And I think that that's a growing, it's a growing part of the market. I think that's something that is really what we're targeting. So you have kind of two divisions. You have North Point. Do you know what wholesale that's going to come in at uh, roughly? We have an idea. I really don't want to throw a number out now. It kind of becomes an anchor, but sure. we want to be somewhere you know south of, of $100, certainly. We're not fully into production, so I don't have an exact handle on our costs. I have a pretty good idea what they'll be, but that'll certainly drive what the price point's going to be as well. And we've also got to meet a level of quality to justify that, that wholesale price point, which I'm pretty confident we will do, especially you know based on what I've seen so far. Okay. And yeah, I think people will certainly... They love made in USA. Who doesn't? I love it. Right. You know, I just bought a new computer monitor and whether I wanted to or not, it's coming from China, baby, or <laughs> Korea. <laughs> we don't have a choice. No. So let's talk about private labeling. This is huge for practices. You know, whether you want to stamp Perry's practice name on there or create a fake brand, I'm actually in the process of making a brand for one of my clients called, I'm calling it Raven. Right. Probably need to check the trademarks on that. Nobody steal it. Uh, <laughs> we just said, look, let's let's build ten frames. We're mm -hmm. gonna make six colors of each frame, right? In multiple in multiple eye sizes. Can you guys do multiple eye sizes? We can. Okay, I'm sure when you were a child, I know you didn't wear glasses, but you probably could have got different eye sizes if you had a choice. Yeah, and that's that's a problem for me now. I mean, I you know I have a pretty big head, and yeah, you, know, you got a most, good head, Joe. Most most frames don't don't fit me, and then same with the, with the temple length, and so. You know, right off the bat, 80% of the frames in a shop are not going to fit me. I typically need at least a 145 temple, and that can also be an issue. So it's a challenge. So that's something we're looking to address, too, is to be able to provide shapes, popular shapes in, in different widths, different temple lengths. And that's why understanding the dimensions and all the different how the, the temples attached to the frame front is so important so that we can create systems that enable us to do that around, around certain designs. Okay. Let's just put a scenario out there. Let's say it's August. You guys are got all your ducks in a row. You're, you're ready for, for launch here. And let's say I got a football player. They come in. I need a 59 eye size, 150, 155 temple. Theoretically, if you have those CAD drawings and the shapes, could you make me that? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we could. I mean, you're, you're almost pushing at the limits of most CNC machines at that size. But yeah, no, you, you, you can and, and, and we can do that. And that's one of the reasons why that was appealing about the, the way we spec out our equipment is you know, we bought a, another one of the pieces of equipment that's the we call it the prototyping machine can do small production runs like that and one offs without tying up the, the bigger production machines. That's something that we're, we're certainly cognizant of and, and want to be able to you know, service that part of the market. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a unique story. I had a Korean child. She was about nine years old. Koreans 
have very white heads. Mm -hmm. They're almost like oval too. Mm -hmm. And so the temples, you have to have a bowed temple, first of all. Right. You can't just put a straight temple on a, on a rounded object. And so she was wearing some off-the-shelf Asian Fit brand already, which props to the mother for, for seeking that out. She did a good job. Right. But the problem was this girl's nine years old, but she needed a, like a 58 eye size frame. Right. But her PD was like a 56. Right. And so an adult frame on a child never looks good. Right. And so I ended up custom making her a frame. This mom spent $600 on the frame. She did not care, whatever it, uh, she had the money luckily for it. Right. So I see an optical, we're going to get off into more of like just in time manufacturing. Right. Can I get the product in my store at the time I need it and no sooner? We can do that. And that's one of the things that we're looking to be able to develop a process that we can, we can produce that frame that's semi-custom is what I would call it. And then we can also do things where we, when we do a production run, we can run a couple of extra pieces that are maybe different tempo lengths and different frame widths that, you know, somebody can special order and we have it here ready to roll. It's not something you've got to wait six weeks or two months for or something like that for it to be produced at a, at a factory somewhere else that, you know, we want to be able to do that with, especially with the more popular shapes to be able to offer that so that people can provide something to their customer that actually fits. That's important. Yeah. Are you guys doing spring hinges or, or no springs? Right now, the initial collection is not going to have spring hinges, although at some point we may, we may offer that. Yeah. I think I hate spring hinges. I, generally, it's a compensation for a poor fitting, fitting frame anyways, right? Right. right. Yeah. And with the, I mean, you can, with the adjustability of a frame with a core wire, I mean, the temple, the core wire and everything, I mean, it's, I'm not sure you want to be using hinges or the, uh, the springs to, to make a, a frame fit. Yeah. Well, Vision Expo is coming up, Joe. I'm probably going to go. Crap, I need to book my flight. <laughs> I'm going to be vaccinated. Wearing a mask is going to stink. It's Florida. It's hot. But you're really in September is really your big launch at Vision right. Expo West, which I think it got moved out of the sands, right? I didn't know that, did it? Yeah, I got moved out of sands. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other convention spots there, but. Yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. I mean, West has always been a very good show for us. You know, we're looking at obviously some changes to there's a lot of planning going into it with the new products that we have in terms of, you know, redoing our booth and everything. So, you know, we're really looking forward to, to Expo and it's going to be, it's going to be a big deal. And before that, you know, we're going to be, you know, our plan is to have some frames released. We're actually trying to, to get some frames done soon so that we have something for our colorblind frames that we can do kind of a sunglass type of frame this summer that for our CVD lenses, that's been a big push in terms of designs to get those done in production first so that we have something to provide that's our own frame with our colorblind lenses. I love it. That's, that's a great combination. American-made, colorblind, sturdy, fiberal hinge. We are very excited about it. Yeah. Well, awesome, Joe. You guys are a technical company. Optical, I don't even know what, to, I don't even know what category in the optical you're in. We're, we're lucky because, I mean, you know, we have a really good group of employees that are always embracing change and trying to try new things. Yeah, we, we've benefited by having a lot of people that have optical experience working here. You know, we've got diversity in terms of experience with, we've got a lot of people, you know, that have been in this industry for over 30 years. We've got some younger people that are, have more technology skills. We've got a good group that really embraces change and trying to come out with new things. And, and that's, that's the key. And we get traction too, because we don't have a lot of turnover. And so our employees, you know, they know the business, they understand what we're all about. And we get a lot of contributions from all over. And so that's really been the key for us to be successful is it's, it's really a team effort. Yeah, I've been a raving fan of the product for a long time. 
to all the listeners, if you want to um, get in touch with Inovision or, or Joe or learn more about some of the technical aspects of the colorblind product or chemistry or American Eyewear, go to the link in the show notes. There's a form there. Just put a request in. And uh, it's likely this American Eyewear is going to be a hot commodity. And you're not going to be sitting on a million pairs just in the factory ready to, to offload. So make sure to get in line. I'll put the form in the show notes and you can you can sign up and put a request in. Well, thank you, Perry. Yeah, thank you so much. See you in Vegas, baby. Yep. I can't wait. That's going to be like our time to come out and be free. I cannot wait. Before you leave and go do your other festivities for the day, can you please give me a five-star review on whatever app platform you're listening to so others can find this podcast and get the wealth of knowledge just like you. This brings us to the end of another episode of Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. Go ahead and click over to our website, entrepreneur.com, or head over to Facebook to join our special Facebook group, Entrepreneur. See you there.